Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Last November, I was honored to be selected to play for the GB Lions under-19 American football team in a friendly against Holland. As for England, don't fund American football. Its players and parents must pay the bill. This year, we have matches against France and Norway and hopefully in the European finals in Italy. Without the support of the Britball community, I will never have this opportunity and I want to ensure no other player ever misses a match just because they couldn't afford Please help by donating to the GoFundMe page to support us all. Thank you very much. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, possibly the best week in Five Yard Rush history. Saying that from a very personal point of view, Math, but the guest on Friday is absolute fire. And one of the reasons I got into fantasy football, so hold on for Friday Rush Nation because it is going to be a good one. It's me and the big man in the studio, Murph. How the devil are you? I'm really good, mate. Really good. It's uh, favourite day of the week. Best day of the week so far. Uh, and the best day every week. So it's good to see you. Thank uh, you. You're sporting your... Uh, Charger's hat, your Christmas present, which is always nice to see when uh, when that busts out. So it's good. Whilst I'm in a short sleeve polo, yeah, I am in a coat, a hat, a jumper, and Murph's just in a polo. I don't know what he's made of, but it's sterner stuff than I. Let me tell you. <laughs> I think it's just uh, I don't know. I just I don't mind the cold. 
It's not that cold today, which helps. We had a brilliant weekend this weekend as well. Yeah, it's going to be like 12 degrees all week as well. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely lovely. Look at that, we've turned into a weather forecast. It must be the off-season. Yeah, <laughs> some sort of south-southwesterly scale force three light Russell breeze. Take a rain jacket, but nothing heavy. Moving on to your local news broadcast. No, I'm joking. Today's show, we've got news as always. Got to talk about the GB under-19s American football team who drastically need everybody in the country's help to go and represent, but we'll get to that in a little bit. And then we're going to do a couple of drafts, nothing mock draft fantasy-wise really. We're going to do a rookie offensive draft, three rounds, ten team, and we're just going to sort of pick three players for each team that are needed that we don't know they need, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, so basically it's, it's a phantom team. It's just giving you ideas of uh, players that will go. So we will look at... Uh, different teams although we don't know what necessarily the needs are just to give you an idea of the order based on where we think the rookie should go for a fantasy value perspective and it's just a case of having a look and thinking about uh, who's worth taking where it just gives you a bit of an early look idea and then we're going to follow that up with mock draft the five yard rush first ever mock draft 1.0 it's going to give you a bit of insight as to uh, I'm going to be learning a whole load of stuff (laughs) Well, I think I think it's it's interesting. We we we've had a look at where we think. It, I, I massively respect people that do loads of mock drafts for a living because it is hard. Like I thought, it can't be that hard to do a mock draft, other than obviously watching the tape and analysing the players and looking at the stats and everything. But outside that, actually thinking about the teams, what they need, it is it is very hard. <laughs> um, I don't doubt that. So we do have a mock draft together. We hope it makes sense. Um, and before people at us and going, oh, well, this player is supposed to be a first uh, first round talent. This is mock draft 1.0 before any combines, interviews, anything like that has happened. And, and bearing in mind, we're not paid professionals in the industry either. This is just how we think it's going to roll. Yeah. Before uh, people, have you put trades in here? Or is no, it just as is? No, it's complete no trade. And also, it's not the players that I would be taking. It's the players who I think will go. In the, in the, for those teams. So, you, okay. So, my personal, I took personal preferences out of the mock. Good. Otherwise, the Buccaneers would get Nick Bosa or whatever number they're picking up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, let's do some news. So, today is the start of off-season. From today, clubs can designate the franchise tag or transition tag. And this two-week window closes at 9pm on the 5th of March. GMT, that was. Sorry, guys. So, two weeks quite a few big names likely to be tagged. Cowboys to Marcus Lawrence, you've got Texans to Jadavian Clowney, Chiefs with D Ford, Frank Clark and uh, yeah, so next week we're going to dive a little bit deeper into free agency. I've got a big week, I said this week was big but next week's going to be quite good fun. Slightly different take from us here at Five Yard Rush so hold on for that. I know you can't wait already, I know I can't. So like, who do you think of this list is going to be tagged straight away? I think though, I... Mm... I don't think you're going to see, listen, we could be completely wrong. When this airs, these players could already have been tagged. I would expect all four of these players to be tagged. Okay. Um, I think there are many other players out there. I think there's a few more that will be tagged. Like Lev Bell. (laughs) Uh, The question about Nick Foles and does he get tagged, that's going to be an interesting one because do you tag a player and if you don't get the trade, that's $25 million he's worth on that. On that tag, so so if they tag him, pay him the twenty five million, if that's what it is, it and no one comes in for a trade, they have to pay him twenty five yeah. million. So it's a big risk to do. Nick Foles has played an absolute blinder there by paying his contract up, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really has. Well done, um, Nick. I'd expect um, Donovan Smith to be franchise tagged by the Buccaneers, which 
Um, just to let you know, the Buccaneers don't franchise tag very often. It'll be the first franchise tag, I think it's in seven years. Okay, so why Donovan Smith? Because he's the best left tackle in the free agency class. And left tackles earn major cheddar, but he didn't have a great year last year. And there's some, a few question marks. So rather than pay him the deal now, especially when the cap is a little tighter than normal at the Buccaneers, right. it probably makes sense to tag him. Uh, it's almost like they'll p- probably treat it as a prove-it deal. And then if he's worth the money, then they'll pay it. Why is the cap so tight at the Bucks? Just a um, lot of contract additions over the last few years. So, for example, you've got Jameis on his fifth-year option. That's $20 million. Uh, you've got Mike Evans signed a new deal. He's on $20 million. Um, You've got Jeremy McCoy who's going to earn $13 million. You've got Sean Jackson at $10 million. I mean, the good thing that the Buccaneers have done is they've structured a lot of their contracts with very little guaranteed money. Right. So they can get rid of a lot of these players like very, very easily. Like They could trade Deshaun Jackson or they can cut him for nothing. The same with Gerald McCoy. They could trade him, they could cut him for nothing. They're not guaranteed to take this, this money. Like it's If the Buccaneers choose to keep them and roster them, then they earn that money. So what the front office have done are very good. They front-weighted the contracts and then didn't give a lot of guarantees towards the end of their deals. Cool. So it means they can get away with declining performance or they can try and ask someone like Gerald McCoy, we want you to stay, but... You're going to have to restructure your contract. We've paid you $150 million since you've been with the Buccaneers. So perhaps you do us a solid and restructure your deal. And that could be on the table as well. But the Buccaneers, the last time they used a franchise tag, you'll laugh at this, was uh, for Connor Bath, the kicker. (laughs) (laughs) A franchise tag on a kicker. Yeah, you never thought you'd see that. But the Buccaneers, when it comes to kickers, anything is possible. That's very true. Was he any good? Yeah, he was all right. But I think it was more to do with the fact they couldn't agree a contract, so they tagged him and then I think he went. Many, many moons ago. Uh, yeah, seems like a long time ago. So the Jaguars have exercised options on defensive end Calais Campbell, defensive end Lorente McRae, and safety Cody Davis. Now, they have not picked up the option on tight end ASJ. That's Austin Stavarian Jenkins. Do you non-fancy football plans? Um, I don't, yeah, he didn't really do anything ASG last year, did he? No, he was good with the Jets. I think we talked about this one uh, last week, that we expected him to go and be a free agent. Um, it's not a surprise he did nothing. Um, he will use the argument of uh, Blake Bortles and Cody, K- Cody Kessler throwing to me, so um, not a massive surprise. Um, but still, he was very irrelevant. So I'd expect someone to pick him up. I think he's uh, he's in the market for somebody. So and there are plenty of teams that need tight end after last year's catastrophic destruction of the position. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him um, be on a on a team I think someone's going to pick up his up it just depends how greedy he is with with the cap demands but if he wants a quite a low wage a million a couple of million then I think he's going to get that sort of deal quite comfortably for sure uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero has reported that Camel's options worth about three million dollars so no brainer really yeah nice for him decent for the Jags and you get to see a decent footballer still in the league. And it's sort of a New England move, that him for three million. It's not a lot for a decent player, is it? No, well, they front load the contract, so right. it's just out of the end. But they picked up the option, and we'll see what happens uh, at the end of end of next season, what they do. Yeah, and then you've got Cody Davis, who led the Jags with 10 special team tackles in 2018. So another key piece of their DST there. Now then, I like this next bit. Oklahoma receiver Marquise Brown is going to miss the scouting combine after undergoing surgery. That's not going to help his draft stock. No. So you're talking about a wide receiver here, and it's quite a decent wide receiver class. I think it's quite competitive. I think there's about six or seven names, and Brown would have been in there that you're looking at. Could could be looking at wide, um, 
round one, possibly round two consideration. Yep. And this is going to hurt Brown uh, a little bit, but he does have some good tape. I think he was a, a really top rated prospect. I would have expected him to be a, a low first, high second pick, but he might slip a bit as a result of the injury. I was just trying to look down my list quickly to see where I had him. I can't see him on my list because I'm reading too quickly. Anyway, moving on. He was actually in NFL draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects for 2019 as well. Yeah, he ranked him at number nine. Um, wow. It was his version 1.0. So he, his big comparison, he's, he's very much like Deshaun's action. Um, deep threat, a lot of pace, very quick. Uh, he's got the nickname Hollywood. So, <laughs> as these players do. So, yeah, I... It'd be interesting. I still think he gets drafted, but he's clearly not going to get necessarily the payday he was expecting. Might actually fall in your rookie dynasty draft as well. So if you're at the back end of the second or third and he's there because no one wants to touch him through injury, pick him up. Especially if you've got a taxi squad. Yeah, that's true. Just slide into the taxi. Yeah, well worth a punt. Slide into the taxi. That should definitely become something. I don't know why. It just feels like a good saying for your rookies just to slide into the taxi and (laughs) (laughs) pay that. Unless you're Jameis Winston. That's true, yeah. Go, don't go anywhere near a taxi, James. Been there, done that, got the bad t-shirt. So the Cardinals quarterback, Josh Rosen, it continues to get hit even in the offseason. Who's been hit by now? Rosen has posted a picture of Instagram of his Tesla with a massive dent in the rear driver's door. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, so basically someone has, uh, he had a traffic answer then, and someone uh, drove into the side of him and took out the rear door of his Tesla and he posted a picture. He's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, but just, uh, yeah, good old Rosen. Oh man, imagine that. I've made the NFL, I've bought a Tesla, and now somebody's driven into it. I'm sure the insurance will cover it, I'm sure it'll be fine. <sighs> More than likely. So, Miami. They're hiring former Oakland Raiders general manager Reggie McKenzie as a senior personnel executive. you got an experienced body there. There's clearly something in the culture and people there, after what happened with Adam Gaze, that, you know, as, as many experienced bodies as you can get into the, into the organisation, I don't think it's a bad move. Things were a bit stale with him in Oakland and he lost the power struggle to a Gruden, but he's got a lot of years in the NFL. So there's no reason you wouldn't bring someone like this in just to use their expertise. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Lee thinks of that, being a Dolphins fan. But we can get that in the next state of the franchise. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it for the news. Murph, do you want to talk about the under 19s GB team? Yeah, so uh, this was based on the good work that uh, Chris and the All32 guys did. They did an article. Um, it came across the radar that the um, GB uh, American football team under 19s uh, are trying to get to uh, the championships in Italy. And they've got a game this weekend in France. And everything they do, they have to pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's absolutely no funding at all. And, you know, I think if you've got a situation where you get the opportunity to represent your country and you can't do it because you don't have the money, I think it's a real tragic state of affairs you know we're not saying this is just like some school trip this is you know representing your country these guys could you know i'm not saying it's unlikely but it's obviously a difficult path to try and make a a living out of it but going to these sorts of events you know that scouts will turn up they might get the opportunity to go to scholarships into universities in america and etc so um it's really important that, that you know these guys can go and so you know the all thirty two guys did a piece. They did a podcast with Callum, who is uh, the father of one of the one of the guys there. You would have heard a clip in our intro with regards to one of the guys asking for your support. We've pinned the GoFundMe link uh, onto our Twitter page, 
and we'll post it as well on Facebook as well. So, you know, we're not saying pay for the whole trip and, and make millions, but if you can spare anything, um, we, we're donating and whatever you can give, just uh, even if it's just a few pounds, just sacrifice a pint or something like that. Just anything just to help these guys um, make it to, to Italy and be able to go on these trips. Because if nothing else, it's just going to be a, a great experience for them and an opportunity to represent their country, which uh, obviously most of us won't ever get the opportunity to do. So um, let's not let money make a thing. And we've got some great listeners out there and I'm sure we've got some people that will... Uh, going their coffers, but anything we can do, that would be great. Well, if everybody in Rush Nation gave up a pint, then we might be able to buy the Gatorade for their entire trip. You, know? <laughs> you just don't know. You no, know. you don't. Yeah, so go support a good cause, guys, because we would really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Murph and I also joined a new league today. Yesterday? Yesterday. No, today. Today. Oh, my, no, it no, was yesterday. It was yesterday, yeah. Uh, it's the... I found it on NFL UK. It's some superheroes. Murph, get the title up. It's the League of Legends. The League of Legends. Yeah. So Murph and I are doing a team together. Another one. We're going to be probably doing loads of these by the end of the off-season if we carry on going at the rate. Yeah, it sort of depends how many. So it's another Dynasty League. It's a super flex, tight end premium. No kickers or DST, which makes goes, us a little sad. It goes against the mantra a little bit, but we're willing to fight anybody in any corner of fantasy football. So if you don't want a kicker, we'll beat you without the kicker. Just makes picking extra players easier for us. So yeah, we uh, it's been massively busy on the on the chat. Oh guys, you've murdered my phone battery, by the way. <laughs> murdered it. I had to charge it when I got in at two o'clock this afternoon. So tons tons of chat in there. It's going to be a good active league, a uh, lot of fun. So uh, shout out to uh, Ryan and Cass who invited us and have interacted, and to everyone that's in there who uh, have interacted with us. Can I tell you who else has squeaked in there? Podcast favorite Josh Drink. He's managed. I don't know how he's managed to. I mean, to be fair, I told the commissioner I knew someone, and he said. <laughs> No, no, but just as an option, because the worst thing is trying to find people right at the last minute. And I thought, Josh might be available, and he loves a league, and I just told the commission, I know someone. And then he said, "Do you know? does he still want in? And Josh is going to do 30, 30 leagues this year, isn't he? Probably. I'll probably do 30 as well. Oh, mental. But so, some yeah. of them are with you, so that won't count towards our next year's bet, in which I'm gaining vengeance in this life or the next. I will have it <laughs> something along those lines. Right then, Murph. Should we do our rookie three round ten team phantom draft? Yeah. So basically, as as we said, we're going to draft for ten teams. We don't know what they have, what their needs are. <laughs> we're just going to look at purely um, how we could expect a, a sort of a dynasty rookie draft uh, to go. Um, obviously, it's going to change a little bit depending on the needs of each team. So you're going to take the odds and be left with the one pick. I'm going to take the evens and be left with the ten pick. And we're just going to take players that we, you know, feel would be a good uh, addition to squads, and let's see how it rolls. I'll get the pen and paper out. And... Literally, old school pen and paper is turned up in the studio. Yeah, the lights have flashed in some sort of. That's what happens. I don't... I, I'm an old school guy. No, that's I fine. Know, I don't know what to tell you. Murph's little black book. Well, it's grey, but yeah, sure. All right, fine. <laughs> potato, potato. It's got the name of an old employer on it, which I won't mention. Okay. We're yeah, not giving we them publicity. No, we don't need suing if it's the other way. <laughs> no. So I've got the one. I'm going to have to keep referring to you here for the 10 teams which need what, okay? Sure. So This is going to be interesting to see who you've got at where, and but then that's not really going to happen, happen anyway. Okay, do you know what? I'm going to pick a running back number one and just throw this thing wide open. Because okay. the team I'm picking for at number one has got great wide receivers, but no running back. And I am going to take David Montgomery out of Iowa State at one. How's that sound to you? 
Uh, I'm delighted. <laughs> well, of course you are. I did it because it would blow the draft wide open. Don't take no offence number two, Murph. Don't do it. So, me at two. It's an interesting one. I like your style of what you've gone for, but I'm going to take the best running back off the board. That's fine. So, the best running back in this draft is Josh Jacobs of Alabama. But he's injured. But not for long. He's done his ACL. No, he hasn't. Well, you're sure. I'm pretty sure he has, which is why I didn't take him number one. Murph is furiously Googling now. Please be right. Stocks, (laughs) please be right. If I've missed this, that is going to be a massive boo-boo. I'm pretty sure it came up on my Sleeper app. Thank you, Sleeper. And told me that he'd done his ACL, which is why he's slidden way down the list for me. Come on, Google. Okay, I'm going at three. Now, there's got to be a wide receiver taking at three, because the next five or six are pretty good. Yeah, he's not done his ACL, pal. But I came up on... All right, he didn't. Whatever. I think you're thinking of uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who did his ACL. Was it who? The defensive tackle. Maybe. Because he did his ACL, and he is going to massively slide down. He was a first-round talent. That would be him, then. But looking at information from the last day or so... He's not done his ACR. I thought I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. But I thought I saw Josh Jacobs. Anyway, whatever. I've made a real boo-boo again. It's like Christmas Day all over again. <laughs> I've made a terrible pick at number one and I'm going to hurt the whole way down. Okay, that's fine. So, I am going to take DK Metcalf at three. I'm just picking players here, Murph, and you're shaking your head at me. What's wrong with that pick? I just worry about his injuries. Yeah, but if I take and kill Harry like the rest of the world, then... I would have had him as my number one wide receiver. He's, he's number one on my list. So one, two, three, four, five. I have DK Metcalf as my sixth wide receiver. Wow. All right. Which is massively against the consensus, but I don't like his injury record. No, no, that's fine. He probably won't play 16 and won't get drafted by five yard, but that's fine. Okay. So me with team four, let, let's be real here and look at this and say there is only one quarterback in this draft that's worth running that's going to play Year one. So, let's take him off the board. Dwayne Haskins, you are going to team number four. You don't think Kyler Murray's going to play? I think he might play, but I worry about his long-term prospects. I'm glad you took him. He's not on my list. Oh, that's good. I don't think he is. I can't read this list. My eyes hurt today. Sorry, everybody. Okay, my go. Well, you haven't taken and kill Harry, so I'm going to take him. I'm taking him at five. I think this is a good representation of what's going to happen. A good pick. I do like that. So I am with the sixth team. I'm going to take my number one rated player, number one rated rookie off the board because you haven't taken him yet. And I think he's, it'll be lucky if he still lasted this long in any dynasty draft. Uh, Noah fan of Iowa, tight end, <laughs> is going. He's never going at five, six. six. He's never going at you six. You don't think he's going at six? Nick's going to take him at one. He, yeah, that's what I mean. He's not going to make it to six in most leagues. You don't think? I don't think so. I th- when I'm looking at the talent evaluation of this draft, the problem you've got with wide receiver, rookie wide receivers don't tend to produce that quickly. Very rarely do you get a wide receiver rookie really deliver year one. Or beat. tight end, let's be fair. But with a tight end market so ridiculously shallow, you've got a guy who I think is going to put elite numbers up there. So, Well, that's fair. I, don't I rate him. But like I said, he's number one on my board for offensive players. Wow, I don't really? think he goes number one in the draft, but I look at the talent and I think he is my number one rated. Okay, so if you have the 101 in our league, you take him number one? If you think he's the number one... It depends on the position of need. You need everybody. Well, yeah. <laughs> Probably not only due to value, but okay. it, it, it's, it's a weird one, the situation. If I'm judging this purely on talent 
and I'm looking at all those players, and I think, of all the players in this list, who is going to have the best NFL career? Noah Fant, for me, is the player I think is going to have the best NFL career. That's fine. I don't mind that. Okay, I'm going running back next, and I'm taking Elijah Holyfield. And he's from Georgia. Yeah? He's 109 on my board, so I've left out a few. I've left a running back behind. Two running backs, actually, I think. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to take the second best running back in this draft for Team 8, because there's quite a few coming off the board now. So Rodney Anderson of Oklahoma, you are going to Team 8. You think he's the best running back? I think he's the second best running back. Oh, yeah, okay. Behind the guy that hasn't done his ACL. That's correct, right? (laughs) (laughs) That could be a boo-boo. I'm sure of it. Anyway, well, considering running backs are flying now, I'm going to take Damian Harris next from Alabama. Yeah. Man, they must have had... That is some running attack, isn't it? Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. Who, if you're listening, Damian Harris, we sent you a message and you never replied. It's just rude. Well, it happens, doesn't it? Occasionally. He's not one of the good guys. So, looking at what is progressing on the board, if I'm sitting here on the turn at 10, seeing that running backs are coming off the board pretty quickly, but there is someone on the board who I think is a bit of a sleeper and therefore can probably sit on. Yes. It's probably two. The question is, again, this would massively depend on needs. So, we're going to gamble with the 10. Right. Gamble away. Because we're on the turn, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take... This is going to be terrible pronunciation. JJ Arcaria Whiteside. From Stanford. Like it. From Stanford. And Kyler Murray. Oh, say hello, Kyler Murray. Okay. Well, if you're going to have to, uh, who did I take at nine? I took a running back, didn't I? You did. I so. did. I took Damian Harris. Well, I better back that up then. Is Tyler Johnson from Minnesota still available? Because I can't cross it off on my list. Yeah. I'll take him then. He's got big hands. <laughs> oh. Yep. So. This is getting tense. Murph's got the board in front of him. I don't. I'm going to have to go on memory. So. Having Team 8 already taken Rodney Anderson, it's time for them to take the other tight end on the board that's worth absolutely anything in a skinny league. So TJ Hockerson of Iowa, you are going to Team 8. You were talking about him earlier. Good player. No doubt. Okay. Did I take a running back at 7? You did. I took Holyfield. I took Holyfield. So uh, I might as well do it. AJ Brown from Ole Miss. Is he available? He is, isn't he? Yeah. I'm yeah. way down my list. That's fine. I've got him at 2-1. Your, yeah. your pick, sir. To partner Noah Fant. Take another tight end. I can't believe that this guy's still on the list, but then do I go wide res- uh, Maybe go running back here. Yeah. Ooh. So I think running back here. So Rarell Henderson of Memphis. You are going to go and join our good friend Noah Fant on Team 6. Nice. I've got him at 2-8, Darrell Henderson. Right then, I might as well go wide receiver here. Kelvin Harmon, North Carolina. So you're going to partner your wide receiver with another wide receiver? Yep, because they're running back heavy. <laughs> That's what I've done, I've covered myself. Kelvin Harmon. Team 4 took Dwayne Haskins in the first round. So, Hakeem Butler, wide receiver of Iowa State. You love an Iowa boy, don't you? He was my second rated wide receiver on the board. Wow. Kelvin Harmon was my third, so... Oh, nice pick then by me. Yeah. Right, you're going to have to help me out here, Murph. DK Metcalf was who you took. DK Metcalf. Or Team 3. Is Brian Edwards still available? Brian Edwards is still available. I'm taking him. I'm taking him 
to partner DK Metcalf. Really? Yep. That's what I'm doing. I don't have him in my top 50 rated players. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's fine. I've got him at 104. Wide receiver, right? Yep. Okay. What school? South Carolina. Okay. What school? Well, I'm going to pick someone out of a couple of absolute beastie schools yeah, at the bottom yeah, of okay. this. So, took Josh Jacobs. The question is, it's obviously without knowing the style of the school, but I tell you who is still on here, which I'm surprised at. There's some beastie running backs still on Yeah. So, we're going to go running back, running back here with this team and take David Montgomery of Iowa State. Love that. It's not who I was going to pick, but I like that. Another Iowa player. <laughs> Basically, I'm the on the tourist board for Iowa. <laughs> Come visit Iowa. It. Murph will be there. And if he isn't, he'll take a selfie. <laughs> so you are... Oh, no, you took David Montgomery. Sorry. You took him with the one pick. I did, yeah. So apologies. That's fine. I've just noticed that. That's what happens when you do it manual. So you've already taken Damien Harris. I have to change tax then because I don't think there's another running back here that's worth taking. So, oh no, there is Miles Miles Sanders of Penn State. I was literally just going to say the new um, Barkley. He's not, is he? But he's from the same team. So, okay, we fixed that. All right. So you're on the turn. I'm on the turn. David Montgomery. David Montgomery. So I need a. Well, I'm going to take Calvin Ridley's brother here, Riley Ridley from Georgia. Good pick. And then (sighs) Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. He's not in the draft. Why is he on my list then? I don't know. Oh, uh, no. No, I, okay. He didn't declare. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've put him in because I've done something wrong here. Yeah, he didn't declare. So. I meant Drew Locke from Missouri. Apologies. Yeah. That's two, right? That is two. Yeah. Off to you, last round. So this team has taken Josh Jacobs running back and Miles Sanders running back. So given the state of wide receivers that have come off the board... Uh, it's going to be Antoine Wesley of Texas Tech. No, not on my board. It's going to go wide receiver here for them. Right. Who did I take? Who did Team 3 take? So, this team has taken DK Metcalf, Brian Edwards. Oh, so I need a running back. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to throw a sleeper out there. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to take Benny Snell from Kentucky. I think at 303, he's a decent pick. Yeah. He's got a sick jump cut as well. He does. <laughs> he goes sideways very quickly. <laughs> okay. So, team four have taken Dwayne Haskins and Hakeem Butler. Um, the rest of the tight ends in this class, there's a few here. There's one more that might be worth taking. This is a very deep look into the tight end. But, if there's anyone here... Oh, I'm surprised this person is still there, actually. Uh, Debo Samuel of South Carolina. I've got him at 110. Wide receiver. Yes. Right then, what do I need, Murph? Tell me my positions. Hang on. So, you've got, in this one, you've got Nikhil Harry. I think Kelvin Harmon. I think you went wide receiver, wide receiver. Right, if I got those, yeah, that's beastie. Right, with this, I'm going to throw out a real sleeper running back. Okay. Out of Florida Atlantic. Okay. (laughs) And it's Devin Singletary. That's a real deep. Yeah. I've got another one as well. Out of a school that has got a great name. I love that. Okay. So, Team 6 took Noah Fant and uh, Roel Henderson to tight end 
running back, so probably a wide receiver would make sense here. Good idea. Now, the only one on here, there's a few left on here on my list, but the only one on here, despite the fact we've just talked about their injury, uh, I think that Ooh. can make any relevance here is Marquise Brown of Oklahoma. He's worth the third round pick. Yes, he is. I was going to take him. You've stolen. So, I think that's the player I would take for this team to have a nice sort of spread of positions there. No, that's fine. What do I need, Murph? So you've taken running back Holyfield and AJ Brown. Right then. Wide receiver. Well, there's only one thing for it. I'm going to take Greg Dorch, wide receiver out of Wake Forest. Wow. Yep. I told you I was going to throw some deep ones in. Yeah. I mean, good on you. If he gets drafted, I think that's interesting. Well, you know, I'm not going to do a draft before the draft, <laughs> am I? I'm not crazy in the head. So, teammate, we've got Rodney Har- uh, Rodney Anderson and uh, TJ Hockerson. So, looking at running backs left in the draft, this is a tough one. I'm going to rep my old school. So, Jordan Scarlett of Florida, running back. I used to be best mates with a guy called Jordan Scarlett. Really? Not the same guy, I don't imagine. No, that'd be cool if it was. It's not. Um, so Jordan Scarlett <laughs> of running, uh, Florida, uh, I think he's going to be probably a late day two, maybe a day three pick, but I think he's going to uh, make an impact. Uh, I think he could be really interesting. Right. I'm not sure of my list who's gone and who hasn't. Um, Has well, Colin Johnson gone? No. But then I'll take him. Wide receiver out of Texas. I have him at 301 on my board. So with this team, so that added to Damian Harris... I think Brian Edwards. It was wide receiver, wide receiver. So you've this team of oh, running back, wide receiver. So you've got an extra wide receiver. So this team, um, this last pick of the draft. Yeah, this is it, Mister Irrelevant. So took wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Got to go running back. Yeah, but there's no one in here. I think is actually probably worth taking other than Zach Moss of Utah State. So I'm sitting here looking at values of how I've ranked them. So talk through who hasn't got tight ends the ones of the highest ranked players who have who are still on the board uh will greer is still on the board but i don't think he gets taken to round two kendrick rogers is the highest rated wide receiver on my board daniel jones uh who i think could go to maybe the redskins but i'm looking at probably the number three tight end on the board and i think that is probably where we're going to get the most value out of this pick so Caden Smith of Stanford, come and join the team. And that concludes the draft. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for attending the first annual Five Yard Rush rookie draft. It's definitely some... I think we need a big draft board next year and somebody to move the people around in front of us so we can truly gauge who's gone where. Yeah, but there's some good picks in there. What What's interesting that I found just from doing that exercise was not many quarterbacks went. We put... We picked three quarterbacks, three tight ends. Um, we really went deep with running backs and wide receivers. I think it's quite a deep wide receiver class, but without lacking. It does lack a stud. A stud. Yeah. And I think the same could be said of the running back class. Well, I mean, I even tried to take someone who isn't in the draft. So, Justin Herbert, thanks for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've killed me. You've absolutely killed me. I've killed myself. So after that absolutely awful draft by me, once again, a bit like Christmas Day, let's move on to something a little bit more serious, shall we, and talk oh, about... I don't know that's fair. I think you drafted well. You, you definitely pulled some big players out, and I think it's just interesting to see. I mean, again, I think without the landing spots, it's very, very difficult to know 
how much all of this is worth. But I am glad you let me take Josh Jacobs very early. So I'm hoping that works in a, a few drafts I'm in. I don't know what happened there, apart from I can only apologise, Rush Nation, and that sort of mistake will never, ever, ever happen again. <laughs> Until I do another stupid draft like Christmas Day next year, and and it happens. <laughs> Maybe we should do like a midnight New Year's Eve podcast, where we celebrate New Year's Eve. So not a Christmas Day one, but a New Year's Eve one. Because that sort of hour before midnight, if you don't go out anymore, we, no one wants to watch Jules Holland, do they? So that's still going. I watched yes. the I watched the other thing on the BBC with um, they always get abandoned. They're madness this year. Well, we'd be better than both of them programs. I'm just saying. BBC hits up. Yeah, we could do that live, and you all you have to do is bring a small camera to the studio, and, and we can do as many hours as you want. We'll do it for free. Yeah, we will. Just put us on TV prime time. Give us some free promotion. Some cans of beer. Yeah, not too many though, because I need to be able to talk. No, so, no, no, just like, a few. Rush Nation, everybody tweet at BBC, whoever needs tweeting at, and get us on the New Year's Eve show. Because <laughs> that would be incredible. We'll right. take it over. Here comes the very first five-yard rush mock draft. It's the 1.0. Murph's done a lot of work in this. But don't forget, don't come at us on Twitter or anywhere like that, because this is just where we think people are going to end up, not where they're going to end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just basically thinking logically about positions of need, going through the state of the franchises we did last week, and we've still got the NFC to uh, to put out to you all. Um, it just highlights some real um, glaring needs for some teams and try to get into the head of where they would pick and based on need. And um, there's definitely some players on here I wouldn't be taking for some of these teams, but it's just where I think uh, they're going to end up. And, you know, obviously concerned, um, concurred with most of it, so... That was always uh, quite helpful. So uh, listen out and also just, just tweet in or go on Facebook and uh, message us and let us know your thoughts about how you feel about this potential player coming to your team, who you think is a likely player. If it's not going to be this player, I think everyone here is getting a good player. I mean, everyone that goes in the first round tends to be a, a very good player that should improve your team immediately, hence why they've given the first round pick. I don't think there's too many first round busts in this draft. No, you O lines and and um, what am I thinking of here? Defensive linemen and linebackers tend to explode straight away, don't they? So. Yeah, exactly. So let's go through it. All right, quickly. Actually, has anyone received their patch? Do you know? Have you had anyone tweet you? To send I message? haven't had any messages, but they're dev- they're out there. So Royal Mail at Royal Mail Rush Nation, get them to push your, push your patches along. <laughs> and if you haven't left us a five star review or a review of any kind, go and do it. Because you get yourself a limited edition Russian Nation patch, and they're becoming more limited edition than they than they were. Yes, there is. There is less than twenty available. So yeah, get get in touch. Please write us a review. Um, we don't get uh, any money for what we do. We do this purely out of love and for you guys. So if you could just write us a review. Um, the other big request I have this week is also to subscribe. Um, so we find that listener numbers go up through the week, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, but it does also mean that I think people are. Uh, waiting to click on the links and waiting for us to push out the media and we you know we do our best to get that out and some reminders but you know if you hit that little subscribe button even if there's a few shows a few guests you may not be for whatever reason interested in at least you're not going to miss any content because do you know what sometimes like this week we just throw an extra episode out there because whilst most people are slowing down for the off season we are forever ramping it up and keeping nfl live 365 train never stops baby that's right that so it was probably quite loud in your ears i apologize rush nation <laughs> It's all right, you'll meet it down the edit. That's true. Murph's taking the odds, I'm taking the evens. 101 Murph. Right, so the Arizona Cardinals are currently on the clock, and with the first pick, this will be absolutely no surprise to anybody at all. It is Nick Bosa, 
uh, edge rusher of Ohio State, bonafide number one player in this draft. Now we've done this, we've done this draft, this mock draft based on no trades. So there's absolutely no trades in here. I'm not saying that necessarily people might go all the way up to the one pick for the trade, but I do also see benefits of Arizona trading back. But under this assumption that they do not trade back, this is the pick. There's only one other player who I could consider, but I'm not going to name them because that would just confuse things. It's hard not to take the best player in the board and the best player in the draft, and they do need some help on the D-line, and this is an all-pro caliber player. He plugs straight in and is an elite talent. So Nick Bosa to Arizona, we see it mocked everywhere. Wouldn't be surprised if this actually happened on the night, but I wouldn't also be surprised if they trade back. Yeah. Friday's guest will be pretty stoked about that too. Absolutely. Moving on to number two, the 49ers are going to take Josh Allen, edge rusher from Kentucky. Not not the quarterback. Oh. There I'm was... joking you. I know, but there's, this Josh Allen is probably better than the quarterback. <laughs> Just saying. They play slightly different positions, but... Oh, imagine if Josh Allen destroys Josh Allen. That would be awesome. <laughs> There'll be gifts and memes about that for years to come. That'd be so good. We need to... Somebody needs to mock up a thing of that. I can also see the Spider-Man meme when both of them are turned up in the same outfit. They point at each other. I can see that being a meme already for Josh Allen. Oh, Josh. Sorry, mate. Anyway, he's ending up at the San Francisco 49ers. He's got everything you can't teach. Explosiveness, bend, size, and crazy speed. And his growth and continued improvement from 2017 into 2018 means he should make a splash in his rookie season and for his entire career. He really knows how to finish his rep. He's almost as good as Nick Bosa, or as good. Pretty close. For me, I'd always edge it to Bosa, <laughs> no pun intended, or maybe it was intended. I'll let you be the judge of that, Rush Nation. Um, I, I will always take Nick Bosa over Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is a, a good player. They're both from elite schools. I mean, Ohio State's elite school. Kentucky isn't, but it plays in the SEC, so it plays against elite talent. Uh, both of these are ready to go. Both of these will make an impact uh, year one. Absolutely no doubt in my mind about either player. On to three, sir. Uh, so the New York Jets. The New York Jets are going to select Quinn and Williams, interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Absolute quality player. He's a top recruit. Very, very easy top 10 player. He's pro ready and will improve anybody's D-line uh, immediately. Be a big shock if he doesn't go top three. This is the player who, if it wasn't Nick Bosa, this is the other player I could see Arizona taking just to cause some havoc on the interior. But he's comes from a long line of defensive Alabama greats. Alabama just keep churning out defensive linemen for fun every single year. And Quinton Williams is as good as anything that's come out of that school in the last 10 years. Absolutely brilliant player. If the Jets, uh, if he slips to three, it'd be an absolute steal for the Jets. They need that as well. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. It's a strong position to need and it will definitely help out. And uh, I can see Adam Gaze and... Uh, and Greg Williams already enjoying this kind of draft pick. Let's move on to Gaz's black and black and silver. Almost said black and gold. The song there. <laughs> Sorry, Daz. Yeah, the Oakland Raiders are at four, and they are going to take Rashan Gary of Michigan, edge rusher. If you haven't seen the Michigan All or Nothing, go and watch it because it is a hoot. But not only that, you get to see this guy absolutely tear people apart for fun. He's he's probably going to play on the D line as opposed to an edge rusher because the Raiders desperately need this as a top a top pick at front line. Because they sort of got rid of probably the best edge rusher in the game, I would say at Mac. But they got a pick for it. Gary's a top athlete. They will need to be taught how to make the plays. But for a team who only made 13 sacks last season, he's going to add instant results. Yeah. So it means that the 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, are on the clock. And this would be a dream scenario if it panned out. In no trades, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are a trade candidate. I do think they can trade back in this draft. But this would be an absolute dream if it played out because they've got arguably the worst offensive line in football. So I see them taking uh, the best offensive lineman in this draft. That is Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from Alabama. Arians wants to sling the ball. And this is, for me, as I said, the, the worst O-line in football. So uh, time in the pocket should really help Winston reduce those turnovers and continue to make the plays. It's a top five offense already with the worst O-line. So imagine shoring it up and filling some gaps. So he will slide in the right tackle, but he can also provide an option in the future at left tackle. Um, it depends what the Bucks are going to do. I'd expect him to, as I said earlier, franchise tag Donovan Smith. But if they decide not to pay him uh, in a year's time, Jonah Williams could slip over there and you can get a cheaper option at right tackle. So for me, it's an absolute no-brainer move this, and I think it's going to work out well if they decide to pick here and pick him. I've got a quick one. It's the G-Men at number six, the New York Football Giants. They've got to take a quarterback, and for us, it's Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. It's time to move on from Eli Manning. A man is quite clearly in free-fall decline of his career, and Dwayne Haskins is prospect, probably the best in the class, I'd say. Obviously, no trades again, but I can see the Giants taking a quarterback, I think, especially if they keep Beckham, don't trade him away. They saw how good Barkley was last year. They've got Beckham, Shepard, Ingram. They need someone who can actually throw the football apart from OBJ because he can't be in two places at once. So move on, Giants. Go get our man, Dwayne Haskins. And I think when you're looking at what's left out there, the only free agent who I think rivals Dwayne Haskins is Nick Foles. And I can't see the Eagles doing a trade to the Giants. And I just don't see that happening. So, you know, for me, when you're sitting there, if you've got the pick of the quarterback board, use it this year. You can make an argument they should have done it last year, whatever it's happened. Um, but for me, they'd be silly if they took anyone other than Dwayne Haskins at this spot, if they had the opportunity and the entire board open up for them. This leaves me with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I've also gone quarterback here with Kyler Murray. Now, there is going to be some concerns over his size at 5'10", 5'9", wherever he sits. Let's talk about him bulking up weight. Um, so in college, he was around about the 185. They're talking about him maybe bulking up to 200. But the Heisman Trophy winner at Oklahoma, this is where we're predicting he's going to end up. Jacksonville have brought in John Filippo as their offensive coordinator. And the media keeps pushing falls to Jacksonville due to this condition. However, Filippo is renowned for his ability with young quarterbacks, with developing rookies and scheme offenses uh, that don't leave players with limited skill sets stranded. It's a marriage made in heaven for all parties if this happens. Yeah, You took the Jags as well in our state of the franchise, Murph. You sort of closet Jags fan. Uh, you can no. say no, it's fine. It, well, I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a fan of anything they do other than running up 50 grand bar bills. It's about the most impressive thing I've seen them do in the last two years. Right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions at eight. Clellan? Yeah, I'll go with Clellan. Clellan Ferrell. Clellan Ferrell. Edge from Clemson. Uh, this was a hard one. It was going to be either him or J- J- Jakai Polite. Jakai Polite. You know, you've given me some absolute beast names here, Murph. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So, yeah, it was either him or Jakai Polite and Ferrell. We went with him. As it stands, Ferrell makes more sense as a Patricia wants size players, something he takes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and does feel their immediate need. He isn't the player Polite is, but due to the elite run defensibility, he's worthy top 10 first round pick. Yeah. So, I've also got the Buffalo Bills, who I had in the state of the franchises. There's um, a pattern emerging here. Not really. Again, another play, another team that 
I don't really dislike. Uh, they are who they are. Uh, Ooh, I've got Allen. them taking uh, Jawan Taylor, tackle from Florida. So head, co- head coach Sean McDermott needs to upgrade the pieces around franchise quarterback Josh Allen. This lineup or this offensive line gave up 41 sacks last year. Good lord. It's just absolutely not good enough. Um, so you need to up the protection. This should automatically uh, increase the production and some protection for Allen. So for me, it'd be people be surprised they're not taking a wide receiver here, but it's quite a deep class. Um, I think you need to improve the line before you can think about giving him extra weapons. So Jawan Taylor from Florida is, is definitely my pick here. Moving on to 10, my boys in orange. <sighs> Let's take an interior defensive lineman in Ed Oliver. You don't seem thrilled. Well, it's just not, you know. Last week we were saying they're going to move up, and all of a sudden we now own Joe Flacco, and it screams a win now. I think next year's quarterback class, I don't think. I know next year's quarterback class is much better, and why not take a slightly better Flacco than Keenum? I just think that's the way they want to play this year. Flacco has never had a losing season, has he? In the season he's starting. That's correct. Good one, Murph. There's no streets this week, is there? There is not, no. I just have my own little bit of streets knowledge for you there, Rush Nation. So I think, yeah, we're going to go for an elite pass rusher on the defensive line. I think, you know, we've got Miller and we've got Chubb, but this wouldn't, it's interior, so it helps. And if you can bust through the line from three points, it's better than two. So I think with us winning the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, having a decent <laughs> interior defensive lineman in it, Ed Oliver is going to help. Yeah, and I also think he benefits from um, reps at five technique. I think it's going to help him massively too. And it's going to massively improve the line. I think you've already got some great pieces on that D. Make it stronger. Ed Oliver makes sense for me. It's fine. I've gone with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, offensive tackle from Oklahoma, Cody Ford. This I just think is, is quite a straightforward pick. Um, massively need to build up front. And Ford is a sturdy tackler, um, and he's quite a disruptor. He will give plenty of protection and time to Andy Dalton. We saw what happened last year. He got injured because of the fact there was just not enough protection on that line. I can't really see Zach Taylor taking anyone else at this stage. I think they really need to think about taking a strong tackle uh, at this stage, and the way that the board has fallen, this will be a dream pick for them. No doubt. Moving on to 12. Ah, oh, it's my boy Ja'Kai Polite again. It's the Green Bay Packers taking the edge rusher from Florida. He's a brilliant player. With Clay Matthews continued, continuing to decline, it's time for the Packers to add what is an exciting and explosive player. Polite is not the best rusher at this point, but his quickness off the line and closing speed could mean that he becomes a difference maker from day one. So I have got the Miami Dolphins, and I've got them taking a the quarterback in Drew Locke from Missouri. So the Dolphins seem to be moving away from Tannehill, and it's time to go in a different direction at the position. Locke is a high-ceiling talent in the right situation. Now... To caveat this, I don't think Locke is going to be hanging around till the 13th pick. But because we're doing a mock with no trades, this one just made absolute sense. Had Denver not gone for Flacco, then this would have definitely been uh, the pick at 10. But given what it is, I can see him falling down to 13 to the Miami Dolphins. But also look to the Dolphins maybe to trade up. God, imagine if he's still there at 10 and we take him at 10 to sit behind Flacco for a year. That's a terrible move after what I just said, but... (laughs) Moving on, 14, and it's those Atlanta Falcons. Now they need some interior offensive line help, and there's nobody better at this point than Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. Now, Jeffrey Simmons, after I got confused earlier on in the podcast, injury means that Chris Lindstrom is the best available. He's a strong contender to go in this pick range because of his consistent and physical nature, and he can also play guard, which helps along the line. Versatility is going to be key for the Falcons, who have quite a few gaps in the O-line. Yeah. 
Now, there were two picks in this draft that I found absolutely difficult, and this is one of them, which was the Washington Redskins, and I've gotten taking Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke, at 15. It's obviously very unfortunate what's happened to Alex Smith. He's very unlikely to return in 2019, and the free agency market is scarce with talent. Again, we've got a similar situation to where Foles is unlikely to end up in Washington due to divisional rivals with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. So it's going to make it very difficult for the Skins to improve in the position in free agency. You're down to really just one or two choices, and I just can't see them going anywhere near that, given the cap investment in Alex Smith. So I can see them making a splash, and Jones, I think, is going to be a good fit. He's big, he's strong, he's got a very strong um, arm as well, and he's got speed and mobility. Uh, He should slot nicely into this offense as a result of that. He's going to need to be mobile. I wouldn't say that he was a first-round talent in most years, and I think desperation makes this a more realistic pick, unless they do happen to stumble upon something in free agency. But I think this is the pick that would probably make sense uh, moving forward. Or Case Keenum. He could slide there. Or if you trade. Yeah, maybe. I just think the thing I like about Jones to Skins, and it's why I put him over, say, someone like Will Greer. I actually like Will Greer as a quarterback more, but I think with Daniel Jones, he's because he's quite big, I think he's more built to take hits. I think even though that O-line is pretty decent there, um, I think he's not going to get a ton of time on the ball. I think he's going to take some sacks. He's going to take some hits, and I think he's more built to take them. Fair. But I like his mobility as well, and I think as they're trying to you know, if you think they're shoehorning a new running back in Darius Geis in there, you know, you've also got not probably the best wide receiver production out of that core. So I think you're really looking at someone who's going to have to make plays and someone who's going to have to be mobile to do that. And I think out of the quarterback sort of remaining, Daniel Jones kind of made the most sense here. That's fine by me. Let's move on to 16 and the Carolina Panthers. They're going to be taking a linebacker out of LSU when he goes by the name Delvin White. White speed and playmaking ability is going to add to the Panthers' defense that struggled to defend over the middle last year, and they struggled immensely to stop the run. White will help in both of those categories. That's it for the Panthers. Okay, so with the 17th pick, Cleveland Browns are going to select Greedy Williams, cornerback, also from LSU. So back-to-back LSU players off the board. I don't think that Greedy is nearly as complete a player as Denzel Ward last year, but he has shown the potential to white man coverage assignment from the game. In talent-wise, I would say he was a top-ten pick. I was quite uh, excited when I was seeing the first parts of him uh, late last year um, and thinking he'd be quite a good pick at five for the Buccaneers, personally. But I just think he can be a bit lazy, especially in the run game. And I think he doesn't complete his assignments as well and his routes. So, for me, I think that's just a bit of concern. But I do think that with the coaching staff there, they can really make the most out of it. It seems to be a place that everybody digs in and works hard and... I think uh, that kind of environment will really sort of rub off on him. Uh, he does have the ability to cover the long ball really well. And he is, for me, ability-wise, he's easily a top 10 pick. So it wouldn't be a big surprise to see him slot down the board as of the things I've said that are concerned. But imagine having you know Greedy Williams on one side, Denzel Ward on the other. It's going to be very difficult to get big, big yardage plays out of uh, an offense with those two as corners. So... Uh, I like it as a pairing. I think it makes a lot of sense and they could be very dangerous for years to come. Yeah, and if you play in a league that you know puts bonuses on interceptions, then those Browns cornerbacks are pretty good. So Browns DST is a terrible play. Yeah, agreed. The Minnesota Vikings are at 18 and they need a tackle in Andre Dillard out of Washington State. 
After watching Kirk Cousins take to the grass more times than a lawnmower did in summer 2018. I like that, Murph. Thank you very much, sir. The Vikings will make upgrading the O-line a top priority. Dillard is arguably the most polished pass protector in the draft. It's great footwork and even better technique. Slam dunk pickup. So I've got the Tennessee Titans, uh, number 19. I've got them taking uh, Dalton Reisner, who is an interior offensive linesman from Kansas State. Uh, Reisner uh, actually struggles for speed on the edge, but he's had a lot of college success at guard, so this makes a lot of sense. Um, the fact that he's, you know, he's, he's got tackle flexibility, uh, he's always a, a plus for any sort of player who can play multiple positions, and I think that's why, for me, uh, Reisner is above other offensive line players in this draft. Uh, he does struggle for pace on the outside, so I think that's going to be a big issue when he steps up into the NFL. So I think a move inside makes more sense and the versatility will really help protect Mariota even more moving forward. And that's something they desperately need, given the injury concerns to Mariota over previous years. Nice. On to 20, those Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to need a cornerback desperately. Byron Murphy is the man out of Washington. Coach Mike Tomlin must grow his secondary if they want to stand Murphy as a five-star cover corner with outstanding ball skills and tackling ability. Who's the other cornerback that came from the Cleveland Browns? The name escapes me. Joe Hayden? Yes. Is he going to play next year, do you think, or is he done? I don't know. Um, be, I've not seen enough to, to know that one. That would be quite a nice pairing, I think. Yeah, they. I mean, they. that's where they really struggle. If you're looking at some of the weaknesses of Pittsburgh, that secondary is pretty pretty average, and okay. I think they need some, some players out there. Um, Byron Murphy makes sense for me. I just think that's a real position of need. Um, I've got no doubt it's probably not a pick that Steelers fans will jumping over but I think this is one that massively improves that group uh, tomorrow if they were to take him here and they should be lucky to do so I've got the Seattle Seahawks at 21 and I've got them taking Deontay Thompson who is a safety out of guess where Alabama Alabama. (laughs) so uh, Earl Thomas is expected to become a free agent and the Seahawks massively need to bolster the secondary with a safety who offers range and really big hard hits as well as also some good instincts and Thompson really meets this requirement he's hard hitting He's strong and very, very quick. So I can see this being a, a match made in heaven for sure. Now, I get the Ravens. Yeah. I like the Ravens. And I absolutely love this pick, Murph. So at 22, the Ravens are going to take DK Metcalf wide out from Mississippi. Have you seen the picture of him standing with no top on? Yeah. Holy moly, try and cover that man. It's like probably the size of a twin fridge standing upwards and width but leaner than a greyhound, and his hands are the same size as washing baskets, and you've got to try and cover him. I don't fancy it. Don't come down to our our combine day, my friend, because I will make you look silly. (laughs) Anyway, the Ravens are going to continue to build by giving my man Lamar Jackson weapons and adding this explosive playmaker on the perimeter isn't a bad move at all. Now, (laughs) this isn't a receiver Murph would take here, as there are concerns over his injuries, but that's fine. Um, Yeah, it's not the wide receiver I pick, um... Even as I said in our podcast, it's concerns over his neck injury and he's not really played more than a full year uh, of college. And so he's lacking a real sense of time in playing. But for what they need in terms of a really big, strong receiver, it kind of just made sense. If they wouldn't take the risk, then I would go with it. Oh, look. I you, absolutely love this pick. You got your I boy. also absolutely hate this pick at the same time. Yeah, no, I agree. So... I've got, for the Houston Texans, I've gone with Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. Must have mentioned his name about 20 times on the podcast. I think he's an absolutely brilliant uh, tight end. He's one of the best I think you'll see for years to come. 
Um, I personally, if this was me and I was the GM of the Texans, I'd be fixing that offensive line. And I think this is a good class, but I think they feel they can get it back, um, get some of these players maybe in the second or third rounds. And what they really want to do is add a dynamic weapon uh, that's going to help Deshaun Watson continue to grow and make him a talk, top quarterback in this league. No offense going to run a 4-5, four, 4-4 four, four in the combine. And for me, he's going to be an elite tight end. And as a fantasy man, I would absolutely love this pick. I just think this pick, if it really happened, and this is where Noah Fan ends, if I'm looking at, I, I, this is the sort of player I'd be looking to take 10th, 11th round to maybe as a tight end too. Um, and in Dynasty, I'd be all over it because <laughs> I think this would be a brilliant, brilliant addition. It'd be a great landing spot for him. Um, so from the fantasy side of me, loves it. But for, if I was a Houston Texans fan, I'd want to be working on the O-line personally. But this is what I think they are going to do. Yeah, I like that. You got fan. Surprising. Uh, <laughs> right, I'll take the Raiders again at 24. This is via the Chicago Bears for their Mac trade. They're going to take a wide receiver. His name is Kelvin Harmon and he comes from North Carolina State. John Gruden needs to find a new number one after moving Amari Cooper on. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Harmon is a big big play guy though who's athletic and quick. And seeing as the even bigger DK Metcalf has gone, he's going to be a favourite target for Derek Carr if they need somebody who, let's face it, Jordy Nelson's not going to be the man next year. No, absolutely not. Moving on, Murph. So I've got the Eagles at 25. I've got them taking Dexter Lawrence, who is a defensive lineman from Clemson. For me, what the Eagles continue to do really well is investing in their offensive and defensive lines, and I can see them doing this here. I think it's a slam-dunk pick for them. Uh, Lawrence is a big, strong nose tackle that will break up the run, and he'll ball rush when required. He will make this D-line very, very mean indeed. I think it's a great pick. Um, I can't see too many teams taking Dexter Lawrence higher. So I can really see this one being, if the Eagles stay at 25, Dexter Lawrence is on the board. This is a pick I can sort of really visualize on draft day and say this is going to happen. Um, it's one of the ones I'm more confident on that will happen based on what I know now. Interesting. Can you put money on draft picks? Uh, I think you can. I don't know, actually. Right. It's not something I've ever done. No, me either. That's why I asked. Let's move on. 26, the Indianapolis Colts. Interior defensive linesman Christian Wilkins from Clemson. This is a big position of need. <laughs> and another smart selection, we think, for Frank Reich and the Colts. He immediately becomes the highest impact pass rusher that relied on rotation and undersized players to make plays last year. They spent their 2018 draft capital on O-line, and that worked pretty well, <laughs> considering they went from worst to first in sacks, and expect 2019 to be year of the D-line upgrades instead. So I've got the Oakland Raiders' third pick here um, at 27, which they've acquired from Mari Cooper, and I've got them taking the other tight end from Iowa, TJ Hawkinson. So I think Jared Cook is going to hit free agency, and as a result, I can see them needing a playmaker here. And as they continue their offensive makeover, we've got them taking um, Harmon earlier on. So as a result, they need to continue this and add a true Y to their lineup. Um, it gives them something down the middle of the field. It's something Gruden has always relied on in his, in his offenses, having a big playmaker. And uh, Hawkinson's going to be a brilliant addition to this. He'll also give them plenty of extra run protection. He's a, probably the best blocking tight end in the, in the class as well, which is going to add a heck of a lot to his skill set makes a lot of sense to me it's probably not their biggest position of need but he's not going to make it round to the second round for me someone will take him so i think if the raiders want to be bold here this is a pick that they should take um it's one that 
I would really consider doing in this move. And you could argue that they need more offensive line, defensive line pieces, but I think they can get them later on the draft. I don't think Hawkinson hangs around, so uh, it's the pick that I think they're going to make here. Would be good for fantasy as well. Right, moving on. The LA Chargers. Mac Wilson from Alabama. When the Chargers kept playing DBs at LB last season, they shined a light at a big need at linebacker. So why not give the Chargers somebody who can be a DB? Wilson has great tape demonstrating coverage, and he is good against the run. They struggle in the playoffs against the run. Bring on Mac Wilson. Yeah, he's a utility player. So as we saw with some of their coverages, they got a bit clever against the Ravens, where they were moving a lot of players up from the DB position and moving them up to be extra linebackers because they don't have any linebackers really. So... Uh, this one makes sense, but uh, Wilson's got great coverage, so he can also drop back and play DB if he needs to. Love that. This, again, is a pick that I see very often in mock drafts, and again, kind of just makes sense. So the Kansas City Chiefs, I've got them taking DeAndre Baker, uh, cornerback from Georgia. I must have seen this in about 20 different mock drafts so far, but it is just almost too easy to ignore. I mean, Baker, he, he is undersized, but he's a battler and he's a grinder. And it really fits the ethos of what Kansas City do and what they currently have on their roster. So it, it, just for me, this this just made complete sense. I couldn't think of anyone else I would take there. And it's a big position in need because uh, their secondary just is atrocious. Couldn't agree more. 30. Cheeseheads. I've got him again. The Green Bay Packers. This is via the Saints. Montez Sweat. Yes. Wow. Uh, he better sweat. If he doesn't, that'd be real disappointing. <laughs> so he's an edge rusher for Mississippi State. Green Bay should take Montez Sweat, the long and powerful rusher for Mississippi State. He shined at the senior bowl, but he does lack the bend and bust you'd want out of a first-round pick. However, he proved to be great at defending the pass through 2018, and I think he should offer good year-one ability on both passing and running downs. Yeah, I think he was a player that wasn't sure if he would go in the first round, but he had a great senior bowl. and can see him going to the Packers and think it makes a lot of sense. But I'm about to say that. <laughs> uh, I have got the runners up to the Super Bowl, the Los Angeles Rams. And at 31, I've got them taking Delvin Bush, linebacker from Michigan. So despite the fact they made it to Super Bowl 53, the Rams need reinforcements at linebacker. Bush is small, but he is a massive playmaker who always finds himself in the right place at the right time. And he runs from touchline to touchline really really well um, but he always seems to find a way of sniffing out and playing the football makes big hits make big tackles very good at getting on and strip fumbles etc he's got a lot of proven tape he's a real grafter and a warrior he works very very hard he'll fit perfectly into the ethos of what they're building there and I think it's just another playmaker for an offense but in a position where I don't think they have too much right now Creed. On to the Super Bowl winners. 32, the New England Patriots. Now, this was t- tough. Murph found this pretty difficult to pick a player he's got sore fit here. I thought, yeah, I thought it was the highest pick because there was about 10 or 11 players I could have picked here. Um, and the player I've gone for, I think, makes sense. And I think it will make uh, Steve from the Kickers Matters podcast very happy because I even asked him who, who he would have considered taking. And this was his pick. So, But I, I wrote this before I spoke to him. Oh, that's fine. And we'll take the the accolades as they come. He'll just be happy. That's fine. So the Patriots, with the 32nd and last pick of the first round, are going to take Nkeel Harry from Arizona State. He's a wide receiver. We just mentioned this was the hardest pick for Murph to come to a conclusion with. We would all love Josh Gordon to return to the NFL healthy, but there's pretty much a 0% chance of this happening. We just need him to get healthy and enjoy the rest of his life and worry about football secondary. But as a result, Harry has the size and tools of a true X receiver, but he lacks the skill. This has never stopped the Patriots from taking a player like this in the past, and somehow 
They've all been diamonds in the rough, and they always seem to pay off. It wouldn't be past Bill Belichick to go and do it again. No, he's a he's a brilliant receiver. I think he's he's going to have a good career in the NFL. But oh, I tell you what, if he ends up at the Patriots, they're gonna he's going to be one heck of a player. I like it for fantasy then. I think I like it for fan. Well, they never really produce the big fantasy numbers. It's more of a system thing. But I think it'd be exciting to watch. And this would be the dream move for Harry for sure. I think if if this is where he ends up, I think he becomes an elite wide receiver in no time. But uh, only time will tell, I guess. That's fair. So Murph, congratulations on the work you put in today. That is quite a list. Thanks. Thanks Congratulations to you, Rush Nation, for hanging with us. Because we've hit you with our ridiculous three-round top ten pick of rookie draft dynasty picks. It wasn't ridiculous. I'm just being silly. I think it's a good way of putting names out there for people who don't know the names coming into the fantasy drafts. I think that's the whole point. Because I think what you're going to see in mock drafts is if you're focused purely on fantasy football or you're just getting into the NFL, it's very hard to be really excited about defensive picks because they're not the names you're going to really invest time in or energy in even though they're going to be good players for your team so i think the the three round draft at least that's 30 names that some of you would have definitely heard some of you you might not have and some you kind of maybe heard but you don't know anything about so at least it gives you a little something to think about and research and not all those 30 players are going to be brilliant players in the nfl but you're also talking about potentially the best 30 offensive players in the class so they should all be pretty decent but some of the names we've repeated over and over again, the two tight ends from Iowa. We've talked about the quarterbacks. We've talked about some running backs and some wide receivers there that are tipped to go in the first round. It's really key where the landing spots are, but this is the time just to go and watch a little bit of their tape and get a little bit excited about them. And we're just throwing out scenarios that we don't know anything about because it is a bit early, but we want to start putting them on your radar because it is only, I think it's what, seven weeks to the draft, six weeks to the draft. It's not a million miles away. And free agency starts in 23, 22 days. Not long at all no right rush nation don't forget you know go give us a review and subscribe to the podcast we would absolutely adore you for that and then if you do give us a review send us a screenshot and you can earn yourself a badge hang on for friday's episode because it is gonna be fire it's an absolute belter trust me on this and then next week murph can tell us all about Noah fan once again Maybe, but um, next week we also have a takeover in the studio. It's not a takeover. I refuse <laughs> to call it a takeover. We've got some guests coming to the studio, but it will still be our ship. There'll, there'll be no mutiny. No, no mutiny. Maybe they'll become part of the crew. Maybe they'll end up in the kitchen. Maybe they'll just hang off the sails. Maybe we make them walk the plank. Arr. Well, <laughs> with that being said, Rush Nation, Murph, I'll see you Friday. Rush Nation, I'll see you Friday. Three apps this week. You're just as lucky as we are, because we do this for you and we absolutely love it. Amen. So until Friday, Rush Nation, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.